Our text is the gospel lesson read a few moments ago. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Our Savior, who was once dead, now lives. The gospel lesson that we heard actually begins with a time marker. It says, starts out on the evening of that day, the first day of the week. So in other words, today's reading is an account of something that happened on the evening of the day of resurrection. By this time, the disciples knew that the body was gone. Some of the women even claimed to have seen and talked with Jesus. But nevertheless, they just weren't sure what it all meant. They were confused. And the text goes on to say that the doors were locked, being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Think about it. The one thing that they did know was that the Jewish leaders had gone to a whole lot of trouble to wipe out their leader. And now that he was out of the way, there was always that possibility that they would try and destroy that entire movement. So not only were they confused, but the fact is they were terrified. I mean, this is another, and I think this is another one of those moments that really supports the credibility of the biblical text. I mean, think about it. If you were going to make up a history to support your own man-made religion, I don't think you would portray the leaders of that religion as being confused and frightened and helpless men cowering in a locked room. And the other thing I think that we learn from this account is that uh, from the very beginning is that I will be bold enough to say that there was not a single Christian in the room. Oh yeah, they had heard the reports of the resurrection, but it says, but they did not believe them. And if you don't believe in the resurrection, then you're not a Christian. So really, for a brief moment in time, what we have here is a room full of unbelievers. Now, also, this is, seems to be annual pick on Thomas Day. You know, and everybody sing, singles him out. And what do you know him as? Doubting Thomas. But the fact is, he's gotten a bum rap because every one of those other disciples doubted until they saw Jesus. And so poor Thomas was no different than the rest because all of those disciples were total pagans until Jesus showed himself to them on that evening. And now we begin to see just how gracious, we begin to see just how merciful our Lord Jesus truly is. Because really, if you think about it, he had every right to show up in that room and rip into those disciples. He had every right to condemn them for their unbelief, for them having failed him. And after all, Think about it. He had told them that after he died, 
he would rise again. And if they had been listening to what he said, they should have expected him to rise on the third day. But they didn't. So they deserved to be condemned. But instead, Jesus stands among them. And what does he say? He doesn't say, you failed me. He doesn't say, I'll give you one more chance. He says, peace be with you. Think about just how marvelous that greeting is. Because instead of what, getting what they deserve, Jesus gave them his peace. Peace that comes from the very Son of God himself. The peace that he earned with his perfect life and his suffering and his death on the cross. The peace that he earned while he hung on the cross and he endured the wrath of God for the sin of the world. And this is the peace that we have with God, all because Jesus took away the sins of the world. And when he had said this, we're told that he showed them his hands and his side. He verified his identity. He certified his peace. He invited the disciples to examine the wounds of the cross, wounds that still showed on his body. This was a real, <coughs> excuse me, this was a real bodily resurrection, a resurrection that the disciples could touch and could see. And so Jesus is real, and so is his peace. And as they finally dawned on them that Jesus was alive, he gave them even more gifts. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. He's commissioning them. He's installing them as his apostles. And the very word apostle comes from the Greek, which means to send. And Jesus said that he was God the Father's apostle, and now he's commissioning these disciples to be his apostles, ones who are being sent directly by him. And they're going to take that peace that Jesus has given to them, and they're going to proclaim it to the world. I mean, think about it. Do you realize how crazy this is? I mean, these are the guys who often quarreled about which one of them was the greatest. I mean, these are the guys who abandoned Jesus at his time of greatest need. These are the guys who thought that the stories of the resurrection were idle tales. And these are the guys who drew a total blank every time Jesus told them that he was going to suffer, die, and rise from the dead. So as I said before, these are not the brightest bulbs in the box. But yet, these are the ones whom Jesus has called and has sent. You know, I might fit in there and not being one of the brightest bulbs in the box. And we need to give thanks that Jesus has called us and sent us to be his witnesses, to tell others about his resurrection. I mean, St. Paul, in talking about them, says that the church was built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, 
Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So he's saying that these guys are the foundation of the household of God. Men who were cowardly unbelievers until Jesus showed himself to them. And now he's sending them as his apostles. But there's even more. When he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold the sins of any, they are withheld. I mean, here is Jesus giving to his church the authority to forgive sins and give also the authority to administer his peace. And think about it. He actually gave the church the authority to forgive sins with the forgiveness that he earned with his perfect life and his suffering and his death. And that means that when I stand up and say, or your pastor or the worship leader stands up and say, in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is actually Jesus forgiving your sins. And the wonderful thing is, it doesn't depend on how wonderful your pastor is. It doesn't depend on how wonderful your guest pastor is. He could be a total jerk. No comments, please. But the fact is, nevertheless, that forgiveness is sure. Because it doesn't depend on the character of your pastor. It depends on the promise of Jesus Christ. The same Jesus who died on the cross and rose from the dead. And he certainly is going to keep his promise to also forgive your sins. And we don't even need to actually use just the word forgive because it also comes with other words, words like peace. I mean, in a few minutes at the end of the sermon, I'll place God's peace on you. And that's just not me giving you my good wishes, but I'm placing the very same peace that Jesus gave to his disciples on you. It also happens in the benediction. So make sure you stick around till the end of the service. When I place God's name on you, I also place God's peace on you. After you receive communion, I say, depart in peace. That's also the same peace that Jesus gave to his disciples in today's gospel. And it's another way of placing his forgiveness on you with all of his gifts. And certainly we need Christ's forgiveness because we live in a sin-filled world. We live in a world that tempts us continually. Satan continually attacks us with the poison darts of his temptations. And when we examine our lives in light of the Ten Commandments, we become aware of our many failings of our many sins. And our only hope is the forgiveness that Jesus gives. His mercy, his grace, 
his peace. And God continues to work in grace and mercy today. I mean, at birth, every one of us is a selfish enemy of God. But nevertheless, the Father of all mercy sent his son Jesus to atone for the sins of the whole world, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And pastors today still administer the forgiveness of Jesus, as they say, as a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority. I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You see, in all of these ways, Jesus is still coming to us. And he's still saying to us, peace be with you. Amen.